Support for Talk and Schmidt is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, kids. It's the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We're going to give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code shout out at manscape.com. Just type in the code shout out and the rest is smooth sailing. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'll tell you this, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. That's right, kids. Advanced skin safe technology. Now you can feel confident shaving those family jewels. Did I mention wireless charging? Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOUT OUT Shout at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code shout out. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Shout out. Hey, it's Corey. This is Corey. Blue, blue, blue plate. Corey. Come see us. Corey. 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 We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Ow! Okay, let's, let's get some breaths going. All right. One, two, three, four. This is Corey Duffel, and we're talking Schmidt. Oh! It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty! 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I be shit my pants. Glad. Hey, Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! All right, everybody. Are you ready? East Bay in the house, West Bay, Marin, where you at? Pennsylvania, you're here? Damn, look at that, Alaska, we're hitting all kinds of areas. Today, kids, this is gonna be a fun one. I've known this kid since he was a kid, and he's always a kid. He's still a kid, he was a kid then, he's a kid now. I ain't kidding. This is motherfucking Corey Duffel, owner of Adored Skateboards. <laughs> Adored skateboarding, not skateboards. Adored skateboarding. It's more than just skateboards. Uh-huh. Skateboarding, baby. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get into that, but I want to yeah. talk about some early, early, early moments because yeah. I was there the first time that you got a photo from Bruce Rodella. I think it was bomb dropping off of a roof or something, and it was a, your first photo on the mag, I'm pretty sure, right? Absolutely. Now, were you like 12? 13, just turned 13. 
13 uh, years old, these skateboards. I could remember in that same issue, the issue after, like in the, the junk drawer, there was a caption. That was when Phil was writing, you know, working on the junk drawer or whatever. And it said, did Wonder Kid Corey Duffel actually try to hide the age that he just turned 13? You know, because I remember oh. we shot the photo. Maybe I was 12, but by the time it came out, I was 13. But Damn. 98. So- so let me get this straight. Your mom had you at home and Brian Anderson was there to help assist? <laughs> and Stable went to get pizza or something? What's the story? <laughs> I think um, more the story was more um, when I was, you know, 11 through 13, I knocked on their door every day trying to assist them to eat pizza. <laughs> yeah. So, they were my neighbors. And, so. and were they established already? Like they were... They were Brian Anderson and Brad Stave of the skateboard world at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, Brian had already had Welcome to Hell, so Front Blunt had already come out. Oh. Brad had friends, I flipped the Gons Gap, so Stave was Stave, you know? He, oh, so you're just a kid going, like, these are the dudes. Yeah, like, hey, can, um, can I go skate with you guys? Like, can I hang out? Because, you know, I can remember, like, looking out the classroom one time and seeing Beagle, Heath, Stave, and Brian all skating a spot across the street from school. And being like looking out the back of the classroom and like, that's why I want to be with those guys. And they, Brad and Brian both lived in an apartment right behind my parents' place. So there's like a ditch that separates the apartments from the cul-de-sac I lived on. So I would just hop over the fence and <laughs> go knock on the door every day or on my way back from school. You know, it's two o'clock. Just knock on the door like, hey, you guys skating today? What's yeah. up? It's always Brad, you know, Dickies, no shirt on. Fuck, what do you want? And then Brian always, you know, being so cool. Like, hey, man, here's some stickers or, yeah, I'll hit you up. Let's let's go out sometime. And <laughs> they, they would entertain the idea and be nice to me. And now looking back, I'm like, holy shit. I'm so, testing them, you know? So were you, um, did you go out with them at all? Like, would they instruct you? Did they help you, like, learn how to do any skate maneuvers? Or were they too cool for you at that time? I wouldn't say too cool at all, because they definitely brought me out many a times. Huh. Where, like, I was introduced to a lot of, like, night skating with them. Um, not, like, the generator style, but just going out, pushing around, you know, for, like, 8 o'clock till, like, midnight, just on, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, just going out, rolling throughout the city, and skiing curb cuts and just finding spots. So I would never say they were too cool for me. You know, Brad was, Brad is Brad. If you know him, if I call him a jackass, you know, it's not like, oh, this guy's mean. It's just Brad's, that's his nature. You know, he uh-huh. he's a sarcastic prick and he was back then as he still is. But if he even speaks to you, it's because he actually cares, I feel, and he actually likes you. Mm-hmm. Brian is much more the hugging, affectionate type. Hey man, what's up, Greg? Go so good to see you. You know, Brad's gonna see you. Nice hat, you fucking loser. You know yeah. what? They're pretty but, yin and yang. I always tripped on how did Brian put up with Brad for all those years, but like they're they're a good balance. Absolutely, and since we both know both of them so well, that's what I mean. Like somebody else, you need to hear it and be like, oh, Brad's a, br- a dick. Or if somebody listening to this is like. How's this guy saying Brad's nice? That guy's clearly an asshole. You're like, you actually don't know Brad. He is a very loving, affectionate guy, especially when you see him as like daddy stable, you know, taking care of his daughter. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different Brad than maybe the skateboard world knows him. 
one of my one of my favorite stable quotes is he's like man people always say i'm a dick and like an asshole or this and that and he's like but would i be friends with this many cool people if i wasn't cool <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the prime example I mean, you could take it a different way and uh, i'm taking it going yeah that fucking dick even more of an asshole than i thought but i love him for it you know i love brad and i gotta give props to raymond's because the pizza spot is on point yeah the, gar the garlic knots i dream of them i'm like damn those are so good and it's cool rambo's playing in the background you go in there <laughs> it's good art it's Brad owning it. And he's still Brad, which really floored me. He He's similar to Jake in, in the fact that he doesn't change his persona for the different environments. He's just Brad in every scenario. So you always get the same dude, which is like, wait, you're selling pizza and you're still Stava? Damn. <laughs> I love that about him. And that's the same Brad I met when, when I was 11 years old, you know, mm. like seeing him and him selling product to me and my other friends on the street, you know, like spray painting boards to make them look like they were in better condition than they were. Right. Just like I said, Stable is Stable. There's no other way to describing it. So with those two guys in your neighborhood, how do you get picked up by Think? So it's weird. I mean, I was trying to get on Tomato at the time for sure, because I was clearly yeah brian's at toy and stave is at foundation or yeah and then exactly and then beagle i had met a couple times this josh beagle you know for the, the listeners that don't know the, the 90s mm -hmm. um i had met beagle and he told me you know to film some stuff and that he would flow me stuff through brad's through brad um brad's packages which i never got and beagle was like i promise you i sent extra boards you know in brad's boxes for you so who knows if he, if he just <laughs> sold. Kept probably sold them to me even. But so I mean that was like the dream to get some Tomieto stuff. Um, but then also the dream was to ride for a NorCal company, Bay Area. You know, and then so I met um Greg Carroll at a skate park called the Dock, the Antioch skate park. Oh. He was there with Wade and Phil and whoever else and he saw me skating and he asked if I had a videotape. So, and I happened to have a tape at that time. I'd, I'd be like skating around with my little backpack on my little Jan sport. And I had a tape in there, probably a skate tool and, you know, whatever else, you know, bus ticket, you know, BART ticket or something, you know, or a windbreaker. You know, I don't know why skaters in the Bay Area always had like a backpack and there's like nothing in it. You know, it like <laughs> a windbreaker and like a bus pass. You know, but, yeah. I happened to have a video because I was told I should start carrying around a sponsor me video in case I ever met a team manager. Mm. So I met Greg and he saw that I had ventures on and he was like, Hey, I'd like to see some footage. And after that was three weeks later, I got a call back from him going, Hey, who just watched your tape? Phil is down. I'm down. Like, can we send you some stuff? And next thing I know a box got sent in the mail and, chain wallet um a belt you know one of those cool belts kind of like one of these the web belts that hang right um the chain is that wallet. the photo that you posted on instagram recently like it's like you as a kid getting one of your first boxes i think that, it's it's actually right over here because i just scanned it but i can i see the photo right there uh-huh and what's kind of so wild about this check this out so that box showed up from think um, whatever it was, like 24 Ingle Street, whatever. Um, 
San Francisco. I'm like, what the hell? Think skateboards box. And then right next to it was a box from Arsenal skateboards that Mike Rafter had sent me. Oh. Yeah. So Mike saw me skating. We had become friends. He um, got me to go skate with him and Cardiel and Matt Rodriguez, and like Eric Condell, all the Sackdale guys a couple of times. So I'm, I'm 12 at this time, you know, my grandparents lived in Sacramento. So we would go out there to visit and Mike Rafter allowed my brother, Steven and I to, you know, go skate with them. And so we became buddies. And so then Mike, you know, asked, you know, for my address and next thing I know, I'm getting a box from Arsenal. And the same morning that I ever got my first box, not just one, but two boxes showed up. So it was like the same day. I, see the smile. It was like the, I can still remember it, you know, like, yeah, there's shit. no other feeling as a kid seeing the, the UPS man show up and then you see your name on this cardboard box. I still have the, um, the packing sheet cut out of cardboard. Cause as we're talking about being hoarders, like I'm that much of a hoarder. Mm. Like I still have that. Cause to me, that is like, that's the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. Like mm-hmm. someone sent me skateboard. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. I still have the first paycheck stub that I got from a skating photo that I shot. Uh-huh. Like whenever they sent me the check, I deposited, but I kept the back like yeah. $100. What? Like whatever. <laughs> so speaking of the hundred dollar one, I kept my last paycheck from Tomieto that says a hundred dollars. Oh. So I have that one too. I have the very first one, which is America when I was 15. And then I have the very last paycheck stub, which is foundation or Tomiello. Right. <laughs> Same thing, a oh. hundred bucks. <laughs> Damn. What do you think of my backdrop here? I think it looks nice. Can you see anything? Any stickers? I see Skateworks for sure. Yeah, I got the... I see Atlas. I see um, PLA. I see a bunch. Of, so it's all skate shops on the right. Like. Yeah, this is all skate shops mostly. Um, and then this is just homies have sent me. I'm just trying to fill it up and then maybe I'll auction it off or something at the end. Yeah, cool. Hey, dude, what have, what about this idea? Is this corny? I think it'd be awesome. What if we did a skate? Do you have a big skate sticker collection? Yeah. What I if do. you and I do Instagram live for like a half hour or something and, and we go through our stickers and like, I got five of these. Okay, I'll trade you one for your double yeah. or something. I think people would trip to see like all the different shit. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, so I still have a bunch during COVID. I got rid of tons of stuff. I found people finally broke me down and got me to sell shit. Okay. I've been, because I've had all, my, I've never sold a shirt or anything. And finally during COVID, I sold all my, all my pro model boards. I sold everything. I got some, I sold one thing. In the Wait, next you month. sold your boards? Everything. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Even your first board? Sold it all. I kept I kept one of some of them, but I had doubles of a lot. Oh, okay. So you still have one personal. Not one of all of them, but one of the ones I care about. I'm kind of torn on that stuff because I'm like, am I going to make a quilt someday? Like, what am I doing with all these things? I don't know. But I don't want to get rid of them because if I figure it out, then it'll be too late. Like, I know. I don't know. I'm a, my mom's an antique collector. I was born a baseball fan, so I collected baseball cards and comics. Yeah. So it's only natural I want to hold on to everything. And that's how I am. I mean, I'm you know me. I'm such a hoarder. You've been over. I mean, your record collection is just insane. I don't know how you decide which record you're gonna play. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's why I had to play my now. Gem Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
And the crazy thing is, like we've been talking about it this last year, especially with boards becoming so kind of hard to get. Um, the theme has just been like, dude, when I was a little kid and I first started skating, a board was like $48 with grip tape. And in 2021, a board is still like $50 with grip tape or whatever. You're like, it's never with inflation. The skateboards have always stayed the same. And it's really kind of bizarre. Yeah. And do you think there's a conspiracy going on conspiracy going on right now that the wood shops are saying it's so much harder to get boards and everything just to finally make prices go up for the supply and demand? Like it's because they should be up. 50 bucks is so cheap for. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are really heavy into this thing called conspiracy theories. So yeah. like I have heard a lot of um, theories about all that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. It was, they did come out with kind of like a skate shop announcement that was kind of like, we've always had boards the same price. We're going to rate. And then, yeah. but it is true though, that the COVID has made a lot of people skate that don't normally skate. You know, there's families yeah. going in and buying boards for the first time. Cause they're like, there's no unawheel available. I guess I'll get four wheels. It's like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, work at the skate shop, record store, skate shop. I'll give them a plug in up the Creek Records and Walnut Creek. Shout out. Yeah, I sell a lot of boards to, you know, first timers and uh, adults coming in as well, too. A lot of mm. moms even wanting boards. You know, Johnny's younger sister wanting a board. And so it's totally cool. Like, people yeah. want skateboards. And it's not just... The crusty, you want a skateboard type guy? Like, you don't deserve a skateboard. You know, yeah, like, those guys are not around as much anymore. No, it's like people come in and they're like, hey, can you help me? Do you know anything about skateboards? And I'm like, I know a little bit about them. Why? They're like, oh, I'm trying to get my first board. Mm. Help a beginner. I'm like, and it's always like, which I'll, I'll be like, which side of me do you want? Do you want the skateboarder that's been skateboarding for 26 years? Or do you want the me not knowing much about skateboarding? And they're like, oh, so you actually skate. I'm like, I'm like, skateboarding means more to me than the fucking rest of the world. Than like the whole world will ever mean to most mm -hmm. people. I'm like, I yeah. fucking love skateboarding more than most people will ever understand. And then like, oh my gosh, so I got the right person. I'm like, it depends. I go, <laughs> I got my truck on backwards if you're not paying attention <laughs> because I don't think you care about it so much. But if, if I see the smile on the kid's face or the mom's face, then I'm like, this is so cool. But when I see like the little kid going, mom, this board sucks. I don't even care. Then I'm like, man, I don't want to grip this board for this kid. Yeah. Just, like you probably remember going to the skateboard shop or the bike shop or whatever and looking at those boards and wide-eyed and just excited and so stoked and like the smell of it, the feeling. Mm -hmm. so I want to see that with the people buying it. And when I don't see it, I still have to do my job, but so hard because I love it so much. Like, oh man, I got to grip this board for this fucking little chump that doesn't even care. <laughs> Skate shops. I, I, I mean, that's why I have this wall. I, I respect them and I think they're super important. Um, but man, the people, I, I worked in one for probably four or five years, so I know, but yeah. like, 
I just, I talked to the guy at Lottie's Mike about it. And I was like, you know, from my perspective, this, this is a little controversial maybe, but I'm like, in my day we were dicks and you came into the skate shop and you got vibed and you earned your, your acceptance. Like you didn't just walk in and get accepted right through the door for your first time ever. And when you looked at boards and you were a kook, you got told you were a kook. And this is how you became like not a kook, right? And 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 in our era, a lot of shit happened that they like to talk about now that um, wasn't cool. But I lived it and I saw it firsthand. And what my thing is, is in 2021, I mean, I just can't even imagine working in a skate shop because you'd have all that feeling inside, but you'd have to be like, but I... I, I just happy to see you. Yeah. Keep cooking yeah. it. Like, Oh yeah. Come back tomorrow. Like, you know, it's like, no, nah, that's not for me. I have to tell you, like, you're not allowed back in here for two weeks. And when you come back, you better bring me a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such, it's such different times, you know? Yeah. That's how even like, cause the skate shop I'm at, it's a record store too. And you know, I'm like, Oh, so you like this guy, huh? But I have to, like, I'm not going to ever judge him. I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper and be like, you should only listen, like, oh, you don't have this one? What's wrong with you? Yeah. I try to play, I'm a curmudgeon by nature. And, you know, I kind of goof off and I bust, you know, I like to take the piss out of people. And if someone can't take it, then it's like, oh, fuck. But um, when someone else gets it and they dish it right back at you, it's totally fun. Yeah. The Felper style. Well, that's know. why we love Joe Hammocky. I said it. I say it every time I can. I've never uh, met somebody that can take it as well as Joe, and just loves to just fucking let it bounce off of him and be a part of the joke. And it's so yeah. fun to hang out with those kind of guys as opposed to the guy. That's, yeah. Exactly. It'd be like if someone's watching, you look at me and be like, "What is with that hair to you?" Or like, "What are you <laughs> like?" And me being like, "Huh." I'm cut. Who's ever on that side of that keyboard? I'm coming for you, man. Yeah. Like, I don't got time for anybody else's opinions. That's their opinion. Yeah. When you're working around people or you're in a, you know, not a public space, but like a retail shop like that, that is a record store or skateboard shop. It should be fun. And there should be the gentle nature of the roots of skateboarding and the roots of music, which is kind of, you know, badass, but also totally fun. Right. a little bit of both you know i don't want it to ever be i hate being bullied i hate when you walk in and you know like, or go somewhere and it's like 10 skateboarders all you know they want to aid you you're like oh shit they just threw expired milk cartons at me cool that's not fun but yeah. if someone's fucking around with you like a nice push you know you're like oh man i, I should push mongo okay because i grew up as a mongo kid and you know i got made fun of i got clowned hard i mean i'm not talking about just like Hey, hey, dude, don't do that. It was like, you fucking mongoose monkey, you fucking loser, you know? But then it made me go, man, okay, these kids are dicks. I kind of want to hang out with them too because they clearly know something, maybe. Yeah, but like, here's my thought on it, right? Like, where's the line that we draw? Because, oh, if he's feeling good and he's happy pushing Mongo, just let him push Mongo, right? Like, that's today's message. Well, if he wants a unawheel and he wants to balance it on his rollerblade while he's in a pink tutu, like if that's how he likes to feel and he's comfortable, who are we to say 
And I'm just like, dude, how? It's a, it's a weird one. I mean, not even weird. I, I'm all for anybody having fun and expressing themselves how they want. Sometimes to me, this could be taken however someone wants to take it. But um, professional skateboarding, I think, is different than just going out and skateboarding. I'm all for everybody enjoying the act of skateboarding because I sure as hell didn't invent it. I'm not in charge of skateboarding. I just mm. happen to love it. But I think if you want to be, call yourself a professional at anything, you should actually, there are some kind of rules, arbitrary rules. I'm not talking about like, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. But mm -hmm. there are like some, you know, subjective type rules that you should follow, like, or at least should want to you know, pay attention to. Like, um, you shouldn't want to just put out, you know, complete bullshit footage, I guess, you know, and just go, hey, but that's how I feel. And yeah. And I'm not against anybody having pro model boards or, you know, pro model shoes or anything like that. But when it's called professional or whatever, that's the one where I'm like, huh, can anybody start up their own company and start up a community and, do, and reinvent their own scene and make cool shit happen? Absolutely. I love, mm. I'm all for that. Mm. But when it's only, you know, like, see, this is where I get lost. I don't even, and I would never want to upset somebody else with it because my opinion is different than their opinion. But as somebody that's broken my body for skateboarding, for professional skateboarding, sometimes when I see somebody only wanting to do a slappy nose slide, then it's like, huh, that's cool. And there's never a time when a slappy nose slide is not cool. So don't get me wrong there because a fucking mm -hmm. slappy nose slide is always awesome. It's mm -hmm. fun. It looks cool. It feels good. And that's why we do skateboard. But is that what goes in magazines? I don't know. I'm not in charge of, like I said, I'm not in charge of any of it, but I think it's, it's not even a, a subjective rule for skateboarding, but I think it's just a personal thing. You should want to push yourself a certain way if you're going to have your name on the bottom of a skateboard, maybe. Yeah. Then again, I don't, once again, I'm not in charge of it. I don't know. Like, well, we already know skateboarding is a lifestyle. Yes. So what you're saying is in that vein, like it could be a pro thing, but it's a lifestyle, not necessarily just like this versus that in a skateboard. So specific situation. Um, yeah. Along those lines. Cause I mean, same thing. Like I never skated contest. And so maybe technically I'm not a pro skateboarder. I couldn't compete with the, the people who are actually, you know, winning those things. And they might say, Hey, that Duff man, dude, he fucking sucks at skating. And, but I could look at the world champion and be like, man, that, that person has bunk ass style. I don't like the way they do it. So once again, it's from what it feels like to me, anything goes. And if you want to just be a goon, more power to you. If you want to try to be cool, you might yeah. be looked down upon nowadays for not being a goon. Like <laughs> kooks, like Felper said, even the kooks rip. It's like everyone is good. To see skateboarding, it doesn't only have to be Guinness Book of World Records tricks right now. Like in the day, like I just mentioned, a slappy nose slide is always cool. If I saw that in a in the magazine right now, though, that's why I was like, I burn dog, two page well, spread. But then I would actually probably be stoked. I'd be like, hey. That is so much cooler than that front feeble on that 50 stair rail. I'd be like, 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, let's mix it up, right? That's the thing about skateboarding is it is a fucking creative thing. And a 20 stair handrail and a 21 stair handrail don't look that much different. So let's let's have a lot of spice in there and mix it up, I think. And it's hard. I mean, like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, all the times I was coming up, it was very depressing at times because like you're on tour and you see a spot that looks fun. And if you skate it, half the van makes fun of you for skating it. The team manager tells you that shit's weak. It's not good. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not allowed to be a skateboarder anymore. It turned in from. Uh -huh. Only what is uh, like, it has to be good enough. Yeah. And that really destroyed or destroyed me as a human being. I'm sure it also hurt a lot of other skateboarders or, because all of a sudden then they see a guy like me that's skating something big and they're like, I can no longer skate pure seven. I got to jump on shit. And that also sucks if that's, you feel like the magazine's not going to run a photo of you unless you're willing to kill yourself or you know, this is all so many, so many weird things about it. Cause for years when you told something's not good enough, it just brings you down, 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 down. But then if you were just out skating, like how I see all the homies at Rockbridge, I'm like, they're having so much more fun than any pro skateboarder I know. Mm. <laughs> I go, they might just work a part-time job and they get to come here and sesh with all their homies and they're all smiling. It's just like when you, you first start and you have two friends that skate and you're flicking boogers at each other and you're burping and you're having fun and you're, yeah. mooning, you're mooning somebody out of the elevator, whatever, you know, you're like you're being a kid, being a skateboarder, you're just living up life. And then all of a sudden you get sponsored and it's like, you're too scared to like, be who you want to be because the older guys are going to make fun of you or blacklist you. And then if you aren't doing things hard enough, then you get kicked off. It's like so many weird things. So in a way, I actually do love seeing all, all the freaks doing their things. And I like seeing the slappy no slide come to play. It's never listen to me for advice because I don't know. I just, I'm all over the place. I, cause I'm a fucking weirdo that loves skateboarding, but I'm also a 20 year old pro skateboarder too that loves to see people push it, but then you can also push it in ways where somebody like could tell, tell me like, hey, Corey, your skating sucks now. It's not as good as it used to be. And I could be like, hey, but I actually never did any of these tricks before. So I'm actually progressing in a completely different way. So how does that suck? You just influence somebody. Yeah. It's like music back to holding like a record. Like you don't want to hear one band do the same album for five years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. Right. Even if, you know, um, no, there's like a lot of parallels. Charlatan's record. It doesn't mean it's a bad record. Mm. At the end of the day, it's not always for you. It's what they're feeling. Just as someone, um, somebody escape with escaping is whatever they feel like expressing. And so whose position is it to tell you that shit's not good enough or, but then again, Fuck all the kooks, right? <laughs> Whoa, slow it down. Someone's got to tell you you're being a kook. I don't know. Well, that's there's arbitrary rules with it, and that's what makes it hard because there should be some things like, hey, uh, you might want to redo that, or but there's also times it's like, hey, a little toe drag, who fucking cares? It's a little too much of a stink bug. Whatever, if you want to do it that way. That's fine because most people know it looks better that way. But if you want to go ahead and go, <laughs> that's on you. I made a comment about uh, a I forget what the trick was, but uh, somebody had an Instagram post, and I was like, "Damn, stink bug!" And then Mike Crum 
direct message me and was like, actually, that's that's one that's okay to not grab around the knee. And I was like, damn, like if, if Crumb's saying that, it's got to be because I, I got mad respect for him. I was like, damn. Was it Nolly Hill, Hill flipped to face it, it you? Might have, yeah, might have been. He's like, that's the trick that's okay. You don't want to grab that one around your knee. I was like, damn. <laughs> wow, Mike Crumb, baby. Gave it he hot. Great style. So it's like Crumb's one of the best to fucking. Uh, he's just, I love Crumb. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Besides your first board, what was the best moment of your life being on Think Skateboards? What, what was your like happiest day or like most best achievement or whatever? So. I wish this photo existed somewhere. I don't know who's got the photos. If Rob Collins is watching this, and if all the think stuff from the doubles with Wade, yeah. So when I think it's when Wade and I got doubles together, I think you were filming it maybe that day at the spot that uh, Wade had the Dogtown video. Ollie, you guys went back there and did doubles, right? Yes. And so to me, that was a special day to be skating with my favorite skater. Wade, my first board is a Wade Spire board. First sponsor is Think Skateboards. Wade's the local hero. And by this time, Wade wasn't really skating too much, even though he was like, what, 22 years old, probably. But to go see him, Ollie, this fucking big gap in his Wranglers, the belt buckle, the tucked in plaid shirt, like doing it over and over with him was so fucking cool. Right. So that was definitely, I think, um, a big highlight for me and when <clears throat> excuse me when greg approached you and was like i want to check out your tape and stuff like the very first moment that he talked about think did you already know what think was oh absolutely like you knew who was, phil and wade were and jesse and jehovo and all the dudes that yeah. were on the team big big fan of think i mean okay oh my dog is let get up here um there's a dog it looks a where yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a bunch of think boards already. I mean, my second, second or third board was a Jehovah. That's fucking cancer, fucking damn. Jehovah koi fish looking graphic. I had this other one. There's like three DJs all on it. I had um, the milk crate kid board or the milk box kid board. Oh, I mean, I was a big think that was fan. Early. Yeah, like Nick Lockman in there. The first hat I ever had that was a skateboard mm. hat was a green hat with a think light bulb on it. Mm. My cousin Matt gave me that. That was like 1994 or whatever. Right. And Robin Williams missed Outfire. He's dancing with like that hat on sideways. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, baby, I got that hat too. <laughs> so, Think was something cool to me. I I don't know why I like the name. I like the team. I thought it was Wade, Phil, Dan, Matt Pels. Damage was um, I think the third third video I ever got. Mm. So. That that's probably why I like to think so much. Where in the background, my first video is Hookups Asian Goddess. Yeah, it was nonfiction, um, twenty shot sequence and damage. So th if you weren't in one of those videos with the skateboarders, I didn't probably I probably didn't care about any other company. Those were like the four things that like were everything to I'm me. I'm guessing because I look at your background. Were you yeah. the kid that was putting up pictures on your wall? A lot of pictures on my wall. Who who uh, were some of the early like who who was like one of the first like I remember I had the Fred Gall Switch Five O down Hubba. Hubba. That Cover. that photo was on the wall. 
Um, Karma Tasha, Karma was on there. Alan Peterson, for sure. Uh-huh. uh Josh Beagle, Heath Kirchhart, Ethan Fowler. And did you skate Hubba and e- EMB? I did. So as a little I, kid. Yeah, as a little kid, skated Hubba a bunch as a kid. I mean, that was like very exciting to go there. Like that was more late, late nineties, you know, ninety six, ninety seven. Okay, right before and they tore it out. Yeah, so kickflip hub on my twelfth birthday. That was like a big milestone to be like. And like Drake Jones was there, Joey Bass was there, and um, just recently Brad Johnson actually posted on his Instagram. Oh, they had the footage. They happened to be there filming that day, and they actually filmed me do it same day Joey Bass did his last trick for the Planet Earth video, and you know I was told get his back. I got it. I'll give you a dollar if you get his back. You know, and I backed him up and kicked up the first go. And that was like exciting and that's sick. Dude. A few months after that, like got all my ba- all my tricks on it, like all the old faithfuls, all the tricks I still do. Yeah, <laughs> and then EMB was you- EMB was was such a bust at that time. You know, like ninety six, ninety seven. We would go there and hit the three stair and all the way like the uh, kip flip the whatever they call it, like the with the seven, even though the six or whatever. Yeah, skate that for a moment before getting kicked out, but. Um, Bruce shot the foot. Bruce actually shot me all in the gongs gap too. Over the fence or not with the fence? Before the fence was up. Okay. That's like one of those things. I'm like, whoever's got the photos, I don't know if it's Thrasher or Low Card. Bruce doesn't have it? Nah, he's got none of it, he says. Oh. So I've never seen any of those old Think photos. And so that would be cool to see. Like, to like, I would love to get a photo of me at 13 all in the gongs. Yeah. Wow. Damn, Bruce doesn't have the negative? Has none of it. He said he would just turn it, give it all to... Kind of how it was. Fuck. Yeah. And so, so much stuff like that that I've never seen footage. And people are like, how don't you have this? But who ever thought we would be still doing this, you know, 20, 25 (laughs) years later? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I trip on it. And even back then, it wasn't thought about, like... When I did something like that, it was just like, cool, I'm here. I all leave the gongs. Woo! Next spot. Oh, we're going to get a hub now? Get a K-grind? Sick. And it wasn't ever to even see the footage. It wasn't for the footage to begin with. It was just for the feeling. You know, just you to push yourself and do it. And I think so much of skateboarding, especially in the Bay Area, was like that in the 90s. Like, imagine how much shit you saw Phil do, or like something like Jaya, that... I, I can only imagine the shit like guys like Jaya or Shrubin did around SF that was not documented toad. Mm-hmm. Like all that shit, you know? Yeah. It's- no, that's the, I mean, one of the things that like my wisdom has brought me that I would tell a kid, I didn't think it was cool when I was a kid, but organize from the beginning. If you organize everything and stay organized through your life, like it's so epic. I've learned it so late in my life that it's taken me a long time to catch up. And but now that you can just be like, hey, you got and I go, yep, it's right here. Like that's yeah. like a really powerful thing. I bet. Yeah, like me, like I was scouring everywhere the other day for some photos. Um, Jamie Thomas was asking for a couple of photos of me, ones that went back when and I was wearing zero a lot, like 97, 96. Yep. Like, do you have any of those photos still? And I don't know if my buddy Joey Cinco's got them because I let him see a bunch of shit a while back. 
but everything, a bunch of stuff's gone missing. Stuff that I always knew was in a drawer for the last 20 years. And also I'm like, where the fuck is this? Right. And so, yeah, organization. I don't have it, but I wish Well, I you kind of do. Look at your, re- are your records in alphabetical order? Yeah, they all go A through Z. And then if it's all. Are they all together or in genres? All together, except jazz and drum and bass records are all on the bottom. Okay. I I got mine in hip hop, uh, jazz, and then everything else. Smart. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, there's actually a little. Oh, actually, I got punk rock too. Like, because I have like what I consider punk rock versus like modern punk rock. Yeah. Like, those are my best records. Like, it's like they're worth the most too which is crazy to me i'm like really like you know it's like loose nut was worth like i don't know whatever you're just like damn okay yeah that's how to me because i love singles and same uh, thing like they're all alphabetized you know like holy shit all those drawers are singles yeah i mean that's a that's an expensive one out middle class but fine art and in the order they should be but they're just all like it's just like if you pull something out, it's just alphabetized. Okay, so but, that's pretty much the M's. Yeah, so we're in exactly. Okay. We're by I'm pretty good somehow. I don't know how I know what I have, but I somehow I, I'm aware of all the different titles I have, and I think there's about six thousand singles, let alone. And I still like if I go to a record store, I'm like, yep, got it. Nope, don't got it. Yep, I have that pressing, whatever. It's, Do you consider well. yourself more of a collector? Because like there's, in my mind, there's two different things. Like it's kind of like the baseball card mentality where you just want to have them as trophies. Like I got them. Mm-hmm. And then there's ones that you collect that you're like, I got these because I want to listen to them. But then I feel like there's some that are so valuable that you don't even want to listen to them because you don't want to mess them up. That's okay. So... With option one or two, I would say um the the guy I don't know the it would be whichever option is I buy them because I want to listen to them and I want to play them I like owning them and I bring them out to DJ and like so you don't have one record that you won't play. There are stuff like that, but like like for instance, like um like somebody would tell me, oh, you probably shouldn't, you know, like play a record like that out. You know, that's like a two hundred three hundred dollar record, and I'm like. Oh, why the fuck would I buy it then? Yeah. Like, I bought it because I want to share that music with other people when I'm DJing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's cool. And like, it's not like I'm playing it 10,000 times. So it's not like the grooves are going to wear out. Right. And you could be cool with things too. You know, like if a picture sleeve gets a little damaged. Yeah. Huh, yeah okay. Yeah. It sucks. I and mean, I prefer to have like a pristine copy of something, but you know, what's great about records. And they're fun. You've listened to them. That's what's fun about them. I don't buy them. Just do you, to put them do you care about which uh, printing they are? Like, this is the English version. This is the U.S. version. Like, all these different. Yeah, I'm, I'm a snob. Yeah. Uh, if it's a it has European to be a first shirt. printing or what? I, so if it is a band from, you know, the U.K., I want it to say made in the U.K. on it because it's going to be a first pressing most likely. So right. it's coming from the, the pressing plates are going to be better than the American ones, most likely. Mm. Yeah, also, that's just my, me being, you know, a bit obsessed with, you know, some UK culture and being like, you know, 
I like the stuff they put out. I want the real deal. I know. I mean, I'm the same book. It's like, I love the Beatles records that have the actual Apple on the label. Of course. You know, like there's, you know, there's so many different versions of like the white album, but I need that one that has the Apple on the label. I'm like, I got it. That, it matters. It's just like, to me, I like skateboards made in Mexico or the USA. To me, I like them in North America. Right. I want my trucks made in actual America. Right. Like these little things that I don't know why it matters. And to somebody else, it doesn't. Right. But to me, those little things, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Just like I like knowing that my T-shirts are, you know, American made and they're, you know, screened by hand by one of my friends. It's not just a, comp a giant company doing it. It's somebody I actually know who I have a connection with. Yep. Like, Garrett, my buddy Gary, who screened them, he's the guy that actually filmed a lot of my old sponsor me videos mm. and different things. I'm like, I like that connection. Being like, this is somebody I've known for 20 years. Yep. On my Thrasher part back in 2001, and now he's making my first T-shirts. Because I think those little stories are important too. And also, yeah. he's got a feel for who you are and what you like because you've had this relationship. It's not some new guy going like, "Oh, I didn't know you don't like cheeseburgers," or like whatever. Yeah. It's just like, I wouldn't be doing this had we not have a connection too, because then it's like, okay, I'm going to try talking to you. And what do we speak about? Like mm. once a week I get hit up by people, Hey, would it be on my podcast? And I'm like, not that I'm ever trying to diss on them. I don't think it's cool, but it's hard. Sometimes people I don't think realize when you are, if you have any bit of fame or a name whatsoever to just go ahead and open up somebody that you don't know. Yeah, and it's put a lot of trust in how it comes out. This is actually, I mean, yeah, it's a conversation with a friend, but then when you know somebody's watching it the whole time, you're like, oh shit, do my hair look fine? Do I have a burger sticking out? Like my dog shaking the whole time. Like, <laughs> little things actually like trip you out. And then somebody's watching and they could be like, why does he talk that way or why does he make funny faces and you're like <laughs> yeah why did i even bother so it's like having that connection is always nice because that does make the things that are stressful that much easier because mm -hmm. even if you that like oh you talk fine or you're fun to listen to they don't understand that how much like how hard this is like when you're like hey about 1.30, so from 10 o'clock to 1.30, you know, I'm just sitting there like sweating palms. I'm like, okay. I know, I'm sorry. I was on the horn with Burn Dog, and I was like, oh, shit, this one's going a little longer. I'm, I'm texting you like, dude, sorry, half hour longer. <laughs> oh, it's not even that part. It's just knowing that I'm doing that we're going live at some time, and somebody has a chance to listen to you. And even though I don't care what anybody thinks, it's still you all – it's hard to 100% feel that way. Even like I said, like their opinion is their opinion and it's none of my fucking business. Yeah. But when somebody just wants to make fun of you for who you are, when you put yourself out in the open, it hurts. Yeah. There's no, there's no denying that ever. For sure. You know, he looks at you and goes, hey, Schmitty, you know, like, and just wants to, you know, say something about your personal appearance or something I like. It's never fun. Yeah, if I was going to sign up for that, I would just go hang out with Stable more often. <laughs> and now, another first impression with J.T. Alt. Hey, Schmitty, this is J.T. Alt, and this is my first impression of Corey Duffel. First time I met Corey, 
I was on my first trip with the deluxe guys. We stopped at the Visalia skate park and he happened to be there too. We said what's up and I remember we both kind of knew who each other were. He he rode for San Diego companies and was from San Francisco. I rode for San Francisco companies and I was from San Diego, which was really uncommon at that time. So we both had that in common. Um, we skated together and then went our separate ways, but years later ended up riding for the same shoe company. We started skating and traveling together a bunch. And I remember thinking how gnarly he was and always just trying to keep up, which was dangerous because he was clearly on another level than everybody else at that time. I also remember all the crazy crap he would say all the time just to get a reaction out of people. He would say the funniest shit just with a smirk on his face just to get someone to, to laugh or respond. But if you know Corey, you know his actions speak louder than his words. I think Corey has gone out of his way to help more skaters and friends than most people know. If you know Corey, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't like Corey, you probably have never met him. Corey and I have been lucky enough to have traveled the whole world together over the years, skating some of the best spots and worst spots, and having some of the best times and worst times together. He's one of my best friends and one of my favorite skaters of all time. He's a real one. Yo, what's up? It's Corey Duffel. I'm here with Talking Schmidt, and we got a giveaway to do. Woo! Ow! Okay, so, check it out. Sweatshirt from Adored. Maybe some Deviant gear. Who knows? Maybe a record. I'm going to put something together for you guys, and check it out. I guess for the contest, tell me my favorite Ramon song. I don't even know if I even know it, but... I know when I see the answers, I'm going to agree with somebody and go, yep, that's the fucking one for me. And anyways, email talkingschmidt at gmail.com with your answer for a chance to win some cool shit. And check out the episode. Oh! Hey, what age were you when you got like your first records? That would have been, it was, I was more into cassettes and, and yeah, cassettes and CDs at that time. You know, that would have been you know, early on, you know, seven through, you know, 12 years old, but about 13 is when I started buying records. And what, what do you think sparked it? Did somebody influence you or any, like what, what, what made there you? Big, huh? There was a big influence behind it. Jacob Tillman. Jacob Tillman, the Jacob homie. Tillman. I love yeah, that dude. So, so, and once again, Bruce was even there. Jacob and Bruce were talking they knew I liked punk music and, you know, I was telling them I liked, you know, the Sex Pistols and the Clash and the Ramones and stuff like that. And like, then, you know, they, Jacob's like, hey, I want to make you a mixtape. Jacob made me a tape and I couldn't find a lot of the artists on CD. I went down there with the Rasputins and Amoeba looking for stuff like The Jam, The Damned, uh, Minor Threat was on there, uh, Pinhead Gunpowder. Who else was on the Youth Brigade? X was on it. Damn. Large bands that like I had never heard of at the time. I'm 13. Uh -huh. you know, like, and I can still remember the tape. Side A is Change the World. And side B was a dark day side. And it started off with, What the fuck have you done? You know, minor threats the first thing. Yeah. Like, Whoa, in your eyes, this is kind of cool. And but then um, Jawbreaker was on, like, Change the World, like, Save Your Generation. And I mean, like, this stuff is cool. So that tape that Jacob Tillman made me, that was one of those things that, like, it's a pivotal moment in my life 
that I go, this change, that tape changed the world, changed my life. Like, and, huh. I'll, and I will openly admit that ever. I'm not a gatekeeper. I, I will never not give credit where it's due and be like, yeah. oh, I was just born cool. I'm a fucking punk rocker. Yeah, yeah. I was introduced to a lot of cool shit. And it came in this very cool duct tape folded over wallet. It was so DIY. At that time, seeing that, that introduced me to a lot of stuff. And that's when I went from the little having blonde hair to I dyed my hair black, you know, and I started fucking wearing safety pins and mm. got a jacket. I was like, this is what speaks to me. This is cool. This is what I'm about. Seeing a guy, Jacob, with his nose piercing, uh, tattoos, skin tight pants. I was like, I like this. This is a human being I like. Oh, yeah. Cool. Fucking solid. I was, turned, I was turned on by him. You know, like, this is cool. He doesn't care. He does grabs. He skates how he wants, skates yeah. fast. Super. Yeah. Just a fun and, and good energy. Yeah. So I loved it. So that was like, that mixtape is what got me into record collecting. And because, what was it? Not the cramps. There was somebody that was on it and I couldn't find the CD because I was, I was buying CDs at the time because they were. Mm-hmm. they were available and i couldn't find it and i was like oh shit i'm gonna buy this one yeah. and it was a record Whoop. and my mom was like yeah we still have we had a turntable at the house you know so i started buying records and i was using the little kids fisher price turntable at you know 13 years old again yeah the one i used to, like listen to puff the magic dragon on and all my mickey mouse tunes as a kid you know pulled that back out and now i'm listening to you know the damned on it right Huh, fucking. And then also Bruce's wife, like Noelle, when I went to their house at 13, she had like Lords of the New Church, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And that introduced me to all the goth stuff. And I was like, Owl House and all this cool stuff. And so Uh it was meeting an older person that like showed me, like told me some stuff where I read about that other band in the liner notes, like Bauhaus might've mentioned, you know, the birthday party or something. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is this band? I gotta Just find eat it. it up, right? Nick Cave's the yeah. coolest. God damn it. Like for so generations, cool. it's just fucked. You're just like, God damn it. He did like a bunch of the music on uh that uh Irish gang show, right? Um yeah. what's it called? Sneaky yeah. Blinders, Peaky Blinders. Oh man, yeah. So but that's what like even on some of these t-shirts and sweatshirts I'm selling, it comes with a hang tag and it's a cassette tape. And if you scan it with your phone, it's not the same, but it takes you to a Spotify playlist I made. So you get a mixtape to listen to. Nice. So that, That's a good yeah, idea. Dude, I love all that shit. Your, your packaging and all this stuff looking good. Thanks. Cause to me, that's the stuff that matters. Like I, I want it to be relatable to somebody and personal, personable, you know? So when you get it, you go, oh, cool. I'm also a loser, just like this guy. I'm into it. Well, it's not the cool guys club. It's the you're a cool person for not being a cool guy <laughs> you know club just the freaks and the losers and the lovers right you love skateboarding i'm down with you you know that kind of mentality okay um i got one last uh record question and then we're out of vinyl for the rest okay. of the show but amoeba versus discogs versus local record stores versus ebay like What's the majority of your record shopping? Are you one that stays away from Discogs because it's too easy? Or do you go in? Is that just the the go-to? Okay, so first off, Amoeba is the greatest record store in the whole world. And we're lucky to have them here. 
I would not have the collection I have without, you know, being from the Bay Area. That's a guaranteed. Being able to walk, go to the Berkeley store and buy, you know, Smith's Records and Cure Records for two ninety nine back then, you know, um, was incredible. As a teenager, you could actually afford to buy records there. So look, that was the local shop, you know. Independent stores, yeah, always go to support an independent record store, even if it is five bucks more expensive or five bucks more than Amazon. Go to the record store, like the skateboard shop, that's the community. That's where you learn about stuff. That's what makes the music awesome. When you do deal with a somebody, a curmudgeon like me, that's, you know, busting your balls, having fun, that's the whole experience behind it. You don't get an experience when you go to Discogs. All you get is a record that's not as good a quality as you hoped for. You know, it's like, Discogs is fantastic. If you're looking for something that you've not been able to find for 20 years and it shows up, yes, you get that feeling like, oh, fuck, it's finally here. Do you, oh, my, do oh, you have the wish list? Oh, I don't want to know about that wish list. That's like 500 pages deep. <laughs> Oh. Every night, eight night, I can't night. do that because I get the email every day with every fuck your favorite ice cream you've ever had every day tempting you. It's like, no, I'll eat it all, fuckers. Leave that away from me. Every yeah, eight o'clock, eight fifteen something. Every night mine comes in and every so often I'm like, fuck bite now. But <laughs> I only do that when I have PayPal money. Oh, okay. Pay- so you you kind of like made money to spend money. Yeah, I sell my own. I have boxes over there for full of records that I sell and whatever. And if I sell my CDs or clothing or whatever, all those shirts I sold to Japan and everywhere else, that becomes my fun tickets. Okay. It's like, okay, it's in this weird, um, um, weird little zone. It doesn't go into my bank account and it just stays in this PayPal purgatory of I'll use it. I know I have it to, to spend on other things. I try not to use my credit card for, you know, any record purchases because otherwise I'd be fucked. <laughs> I feel that way when I go to Amoeba. Like I've I've jokingly said I won't go to Amoeba with a credit card. I'll only go with a cash amount that I've allowed myself to spend because I'll spend every fucking dollar that's in my wallet easily. No problem. Yeah. That's how I mean I've my first paycheck I ever got from skate skateboarding, you know, was three hundred bucks. That entire paycheck went to buying every Ramones record I could find. Sick. I can remember that, like being like, I'm gonna buy a first pressing of all the Ramones records. Okay. Whichever ones I can find. Is there some you don't have? Yeah, there are I mean some different seven inches I don't have. Hmm. And now uh, I've sold stuff over the years thinking I would get it back no problem or oh it's an easy record to find. And now fifteen years later I'm like Okay, that thing's now three hundred bucks. I sold it for twenty bucks. Um, yeah, I'll never get that again. And it is what it is. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a diehard collector and fan of it all, but I'm also easy come, easy go. Yeah, you know. If I could listen to it on, you know, the computer, I'll listen to it on the computer. Okay. Do I prefer to, you know, listen to, like, hold like something like, you know, these things up? Of course, I'd way rather listen to it this way, you know, but... Yeah. End of the day, it's a song. I just want to hear it okay. however I can. And if I could share that with somebody else, somewhere else, other way too, same thing. It's like, I'd much rather give somebody a mixtape, but if it means they have to go to my Spotify and listen to something, and it introduces them to music, and it might change their life, just like the Jacob Tillman tape changed my life, 
I, I think it's cool. Yeah. What's the number one thing on your list that you've been looking for that you, if you get the email that says we have this, like what's that one that you've, what's up there that like, God damn for me, I, I could get it, but it's really expensive. It, it exists, okay. but it's the guns and roses special cover from Robert Williams that he did before the, the one that's mainstream. Really? Yeah, Robert okay. Williams did a Guns N' Roses for Appetite of Destruction. He did the cover, and it was too controversial, so it got replaced. And oh and that God. album's like 500 bucks or something like that. And I'm like, someday I'll get it, but, like, not today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, it's like, I would love, like, Joy Division, Ideal for Living. Like, I have, yeah. like, the 1980 press, Black Pepper 70, the, the, original the original one. Yeah. The first Stone Roses one. Um also, that would be awesome. It's a 12 inch and like being at my friend Andy's place, Andy Cousins in Manchester, he was in the band. So he recorded it and I mean, he played it for me, like carrying that one. I'm like, oh, I would fucking love to have that record. Uh, um, I know there's so many of them that way, like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, not Nick Cave. Um, This would be the boys next door. It was like, uh, these boots are made for walking. It's not even that great, but I have everything else Nick Cave's ever put out birthday party, anything like that he's ever been affiliated with besides that one. Okay. So that would like just complete that whole collection. So that would be kind of fun. Yeah. But then again, like I'm not going to drop, you know, two, 300 plus dollars on it. If it came up for about 150, 200, I would probably go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a time it came up on eBay and it was in shit condition. And I was like, kind of fucking around with bidding on it. I was, and then my friend Rebecca in Australia, she actually won it. She's like, hey, look what I got. And I was like, how's the condition? She goes, it's not nearly as bad as it was marked. And I was like, fuck, I had a chance for it. I let it go. I think it was like 120 it went for. Damn. I was like, oh, I don't want to spend 120 for like, a, it was, I think it was marked as um, poor or fair. Something where to me, if it's poor or fair, I mean, that's like someone's playing Frisbee with a dog with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, whatever. All right. It might have been one day. All right. I got a few phone calls saying enough with the record swap oh, talk. Oh, people are actually talking to us right now. Wow. No, but- <laughs> yeah. Hamaki said, God damn it. Ask him how many times he's been in my Miata. I thought it was a Honda, not a Miata, right? <laughs> oh, no. He did. He had the Honda S2000, too, I think. Yeah. I thought it was um like a, a fake, like a not a fake, fake Miata. <laughs> Yeah, the Honda Miata. <laughs> Only one time I've been in that car, and it's when we went to spring break or spring training for the. I was Giants. there, I think. Yes, was, that's the only time that was 2010, I believe. The Yankow so. was in the house. Yes, that was a fun time. Yeah, it was good, man. Have you ever been in the van? You pull up to the spot, and people start calling dibs on the the spot, like. You come up to a rail, it's like, I get Smith grind. Merlino's like, I get Nolly flip down the 10. Yes, and I try doing it to them all the time, too. I go, hey, guys, I know you're going to fucking just destroy this thing and, you know, have a very good time on it. But can I maybe get get mine before you do? Uh-huh. Just maybe maybe can I have the, you know, the back lip on it? Let me get the back lip. I was like, I don't care if you guys do the tricks are way harder than the ones i want to do i just want to do that one yeah but i used to get that from ethan all the time he'd be like ethan fowler would be like core 
this one's mine. And I'd be like, okay. And which I actually loved because it meant I got to watch my favorite skateboarder do a trick. So it's like, fuck yeah, it's on. If Ethan called it out, that meant like he was actually in the mood to skate and you just sat down and you got to watch him fucking do his shit. Yeah. Which is magical. So but good, man. Otherwise you get the young bucks. I call this one goofy backside. Oh yeah. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. And the regular guys go, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, I skate around the building. I go find the wall right at the curb. And I'm like, there's the slappy nose slide. And I'll come back. I'm like, you guys done? Okay, cool. I'm going to front board it now. And they're like, motherfucker, I didn't always flip back nose And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to front board it. And my shit's going to look sick too. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. I was thinking about the old days because uh, Poncho would just claim all the tricks the night before we even got there. Like, we'd be smoking weed and drinking beer. Like, tomorrow I'm going to backflip this. And be like, yeah. oh, geez. Okay. All right. A lot of people do. I think I was always more, I just go with the flow. I go skateboarding. And if you get brought to a spot, see what happens. It's improvising. Like I hated like planning things out. That's why shooting photos was hard a lot of times. Cause calling up, you know, Luke Ogden calls you like, Hey, you want to skate today? It's like, yeah, of course. You're like, yeah, yeah. I want to skate. It's almost like child abuse. You know, you're a teenager and this grown man takes you out, watches you die. Doesn't say a word and all right, call you tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> same thing goes on. And they're like, or they just bring you to a spot that's, that could potentially kill you. Yeah. You. Especially nowadays. But if you tell them, no, you'll never have a chance to be in a magazine again. It's like that really, that's very fucked up at times. You know? like actually, yeah. It, it was gnarly. So once again, it's back to going full circle where I'm like, Oh, it should be a certain way. But then I'm like, those days were actually very rough. I can remember going out and even when I bring friends with me, they're like, that didn't look fun. Like you, you just got brought to like five twenty stair rails. You almost died. You, you did die on one of them, pretty much. You know, like you got broke the fuck off. You covered in blood. You do it. There's not even like such like the photographers didn't really give you like high fives or say much. It's like mm -hmm, good work. And then you hope, fingers crossed, you make it in the magazine and you don't get kicked off your sponsor. You know, where now the communication's a bit different. You know, you call up somebody like. Yo, Joe Brooke, what up? Like, Joe is always a different, you know, story because that was actually fun going out with him. Mm -hmm. But it is wild because, yeah, you just got brought around and these people wanted to kill you, it felt like. Yeah, I remember uh, when the butcher came to the uh, U.S. for the first time, Mickey and Jake took him to every gnarly spot that was like a dream. Like, there's no way someone's doing this. Yeah. And they just took butcher to all of them i was like you you got something for this it's like <laughs> and the thing is you're stoked and that's what's hard because you're excited to do it too because you want to prove yourself you're like i do want to be in this magazine or i do want to be a pro skateboarder i want to be sponsored i i do have what i got what it takes man <laughs> you know or whatever so like you're doing it but you're like same time you're fucking terrified dude. yeah but it was a proving ground back then for a little bit too, because you want. We did once again. We didn't know. This well, you got happen. yeah. You got to prove yourself. I mean, nowadays I don't even know how they do it because literally everyone is good and skateboarding's so popular. It's like, at least back when we first started, 
skateboarding was very less there weren't as many people doing it so like the good people stood out more you know now it's oh, like yeah. fuck how do you differentiate like imagine being in la too like los angeles you'd be like you get a skate park yeah. and you know here i am you know I probably, i'm the guy that hits the rock and falls and goes <laughs> in front of everybody i'm trying to do my nose slide i would slip out and all the wax and then yeah everybody else there would be fucking just clowning me and like fucking doing the hardest tricks in the world and you're like that's what I have to do to even consider maybe getting flow. <laughs> Back in the day, that's how it actually was. It's just we had a weird, I don't know, 20 years of this is the way it is. But when I watch like GNS footage, what makes it so cool is like you see just all the weird abstract stuff about these people. Mm-hmm. When you watch Focus, and yeah, they're clearly progressing skateboarding so in such a gnarly direction. But they're also they stand out because they're just so special. And when uh, I guess a human doesn't have that special or whatever about them and that aura that we're attracted to, I don't, me personally, I don't care to watch from skateboard. Like, I want to see somebody that has that, like, they got the glow. I want it to be like the last dragon. I'm like, there's Bruce Leroy over there. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Duff's got the glow. Like, I like, yeah, maybe this dude's better at karate, but does he got the glow? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And there's those skateboarders that we see and they have that. And that's to me is so much more attractive and so much inspiring and so much cooler. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> is, I like it all. is, have you had too many surgeries to count or do you have a number? I think it's 13. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I think maybe that's why I've become even more like, Hey, I'm all over the place. I'm fried. I'm burnt. I think. Yeah. I remember when Jake had a couple of surgeries within the same year, the doctor told him like, you're not supposed to go under this many times this close together. Yeah. I really do think it actually kind of. Tweaks you out a little. Yeah, absolutely. What's the, what's the worst one that you've had to come back from? Was the shoulder one it? No. So I'd say the, so the rest actually did suck only because you don't think of a wrist for skateboarding, but every time you fall or anything, Solomon Nagar you know, for life. <laughs> yeah, wrist but, guard. You know, you don't have have this thing to catch, you know, prevent yourself from falling. Yeah. So then, what becomes a minor slam, or like not even a slam, just a rollout, turns into an actual pain, <laughs> like yeah. an actual hit. But the last one I just had was pretty wild because it's the first knee issue I've ever had, and uh, that's they like ACL. No, it was a cartilage transplant. Oh. Um, they drilled out a chunk of my femur and put in a cadaver cartilage on the articular cartilage of act- like the actual femur. Fuck. And it's been eight months and still, like right now as we're doing this, I can feel my foot's numb right now. But then like three months ago, I felt good and I was skating and I was like, I'm back, baby, I'm ripping. Does it react week, to the weather? Like if it's cold and rainy, do you feel different than when it's nice absolutely. and so- yeah. And as you notice right now in the Bay, we have, <sighs> we're having strange weather. It's like super it's cold. cold. And then it's like summertime. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm back. I feel good. And then it goes back to this coldness. And I'm like, wait a second. Huh. Shit just falls up out of nowhere. Yeah. And my arthritis flares up. Like I'm like, Oh, I guess it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. I feel it, but same time, it's like, okay, I'm, I'll be 37 next month, and I've, you know, I've eaten shit a lot of times, and yeah. skateboarding hurts. So it's like, I, 
I don't even remember what I felt like though when I was like 13. So it's like, what do you compare it to? I, I remember yesterday hurt, but a week ago hurt too. Well, Last year hurt. So it's like, yeah, I keep moving forward and keep skating. And that's it just worked. it. Wow. It's like our life is all we know. Like you yeah. can talk about your life all you want, but like I wake up with this shoulder pain every morning. That's all I know. Yeah. Exactly right. That's how. That's how I know. I'm like, yeah. okay, now I have a knee pain. I've never had a knee pain in my life. Everyone's like, oh, you yeah, have fucked up ankles or fucked up knees, right? I'm like, no, actually, I've never had bad ankles or knees. I snapped my ankle one time, but I don't have like these chronic ankle pains. You know, like you hear some skateboarders like, oh, my ankles, my ankles. I've never woken up and I'm like, oh god damn, my ankles killing. I'm like, I feel. I feel pretty awesome. Like right now, yeah. before I was waiting to get on this call, I was out pumping some iron and I'm like, you know, I feel good. Okay. I might not look good, but I feel good. <laughs> we got a Peloton. I've just been riding the bike like every day. It's so fun. I, it's my guilty pleasure. Like I never thought I'd be this dude, but I'm so into it. I'm hyped. Oh, big dogs yeah. in. I feel That's really fun. good. I lost uh, 11 pounds since New Year's. I'm, I think I'm up 11 pounds. Since <laughs> I, cut, I cut ice cream out of my diet because I was, me and Baca were eating these things called Halo that's supposed to only be like 100 calories for the whole yeah. pint. And I tricked myself to thinking like, oh, this is fine. And all of a sudden I'm like, this ain't fine. I got a Ice gut. cream, yeah. it hits you hard, baby. That's a cinnamon roll with us. You still got the fryer? I got it for her. I got all sorts of bad stuff. And I'm like, fried Twinkies. I do it all. <laughs> I like to eat bad. You know, like I'm not a health nut. Right. I've never had, I like to eat what my diet is always been. I eat what I want to eat. Here's the concern I have. I haven't talked to you since this. I'm watching your Instagram and I see this CBD world that you're getting into. Has, yeah. has, has that been like something that, you've benefited from and has it have you dabbled with thc because of it so totally benefit on two reasons obviously financially they take care of me which is fucking amazing oh. it's a company that i believe in cbmd where they fucking pay me to be me they're like we're not paying you to go fucking kill yourself and jump off buildings like we sponsor you because of what you've done with skateboarding and we know you're in pain. You know, you do have some chronic pains. I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. So that shit does feel good. Like when I rub it on, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm down for it. But I was always a believer in like Arnica or anything natural that's going to help you out. And even if, if something helps you out, you know, even the smallest amount, you know, 1%, 2% or 3%, that's better than where you were beforehand. And as you would know with your shoulder, those days when you wake up, and it feels, you know, 1% better than it did the day before, you're like, man, I could go fucking throw some fastballs today. I feel yeah. good. Yeah. And so that product is very cool. I actually like, so I, I like the product. I like everyone there, but I haven't, I don't dabble with the THC stuff too much and not because I have a problem with it. I just personally don't like the feeling of being you know, high. Yeah. This is, if I've like been like real fucked up in pain or certain things, yeah, I'll eat like an edible or I'll munch on some, you know, some gummy bear, some weed gummies. And, and if it's just a bit, that's fine. But like when I've been like, okay, I'm soaring through outer space and I'm not like fully in control of myself, that's not a feeling I personally dig. Right. 
maybe it's kind of fun, but I'm like, ah, like I'm already, I already slur enough and I'm trying to talk and I'm already like giddy and it makes me like, hey, Schmitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little giggle pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you've never drank, right? Or No. Yeah. So you so, like you've stayed away from partying like throughout the whole time. Um, I trip on that because it must like we talk about the peer pressure of like being a young kid that's trying to like kind of like come up and like, you know, like impress his peers by like doing a gnarly trick or whatever it is. Yeah. But then there's also the peer pressure of being in the van and people are passing around a cigarette or a joint or handing off beers and stuff and like. Has it, that's must have been challenging at times to be like sitting there with like Ethan or whoever your idols are and they're like doing this and you're like, that's just not for me and I'm going to stay true to myself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from, I mean, I got in the van, you know, at 13, you know, beyond think and seeing guys I looked up to, you know, doing lines or whatever. And it's like, that stuff affected me because coming from a household where, um, drugs were like my dad was a he's a drug addict so being around that stuff again like skateboarding was my escape for you know from home life for a lot of reasons mm. and you know i had a lot of you know childhood trauma or whatever so i had something fly in the face and kids so i was like what are you snacking at this guy's <laughs> you gotta get out now. the chopsticks yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know i had that's childhood trauma and then you know like skating really got me out of the house and away from things I don't always like to talk about. And then to be around it all the time was like, fuck, this sucks. Or when you're a teenager, all your friends start to dabble with that shit. And I see all my friends, you know, falling off of skateboarding, you know, just to get, get high all the time or right. get drunk or blah, blah, blah. Maybe you, then, you live vicariously. Like I saw what this does. I don't need that. Absolutely. Okay. It, it was just never for me. Like even like, these little kids I'm homies with that were helping me hack my boxes. Hey, Alexa, chill. That's sick that you named your dog Alexa. Is, does Blixa. it does it get uh, mixed up with the Amazon thing? <laughs> <laughs> His name's Blixa, but people always think it's Alexa. They're like, oh, Alexa, turn the channel. Like, I'm like, His name is Blixa, but yeah. Um, but like, so seeing these kids, you know, my buddies from over here, the local kids. They're at the age where they're starting to dabble with weed a bit. Uh. I, I, like I was showing them letters from my friends in prison. Like, hey, here's a bunch of letters from my friends in prison who, you know, they, they start smoking weed, you know, at like 12, 13, and that led to everything else. Now, then fucking being on drugs, you know, killing somebody and blah, blah, blah. And now they're in life in prison. Mm. And all the letters, you know, them going, I wish I would have just kept skating and stayed away from drugs. And I'm not telling any 13-year-old to 16-year-old kid not to, you know, experiment and do what they want to do, but just letting them know, like, don't let it, like, take over your life. Like, there's yeah. be life careful. Awesome. That's all I want to do. Because I've, especially in skating, I've seen it, you've seen it, like, how many talented motherfuckers just gone family is there dude fentanyl is no joke either it's like fuck fentanyl forever and like if you're getting into anything that they can put fentanyl into maybe just don't get into it like that's that's what i would say and as far as like the cool shit weed or mushrooms or stuff that's like natural and people want to experiment with 
The thing I would say that I wish my friends told me is uh-huh. you could buy an eighth of mushrooms. You don't have to take the eighth of mushrooms. You could take a little <laughs> and feel it out. We were just like all or nothing with everything we did. Of and course. it was just like, Bleh! it was just yeah. a mess. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure mushrooms are a lot of fun. Oh, fuck yeah. I know doses and they're like, I feel good. I love life. Yeah. You're amazing. I'm sure I would fucking really love it. You'll laugh yeah. a lot. Yeah. I have no issue with weed. And I, I think it's just when um, teenagers are doing it too much. I'm like, hey, let your brains develop first before you stunt yourself. Straight. You know, like, I think people should smoke weed if they want to, or vape, but whatever they want to do with it, eat it. Yeah, it does help a lot of people out. It's it's an incredible plant, but mm. yeah, I just don't like kids, you know, partying too hard because we've all we've seen the effects of it, and that's me as a as a human that cares for other humans and wanting people to do the, to do their best and actually use their full full potential. And then when I see someone just pile out, that could have been a chance to be a pro skateboarder. Kids I know, I'm like that kid has it and then i just see them you know just it's like oh man yeah they didn't want it to begin with and so it's not my choice anyways but it's Mm -hmm. like man you really want to be floyd from true romance and just hang on the couch all day you know like condescend me man fucking kill you man There's more to life than that you know but maybe i don't know because i'm not the one out fucking you know microdosing all the time yeah all right let's get into it how does it all go down how where's the name come from because i've adored skateboarding my whole life and now you're adored skateboarding (laughs) that's it's something that we we love and we adore it so much and then i like the the d on the verb better adored i think it sounds cooler than adore it could come from three different things obviously Smashing Pumpkins album, Ava Adore, uh-huh. great album. A band called Adorable, another great band. Stone Roses, I Want to Be Adored. Fucking another great. There's like three badass adores right there. It just looks cool. Like I look at the the name, I'm like, it looks good on a shirt. Doesn't need to be something where you, it doesn't have to just be Thrasher. You know, like to me that was special because I'm a skateboarder mm-hmm. and it's saying and destroy but fuck you but this is more a bit i think it's a bit more androgynous or even ambiguous where it doesn't have an actual meaning to just skateboarding and it's adored skateboarding because it's what we love and i don't want to have it just be a skateboard company that's going here's my pro model here's my pro team this is what we're about blah 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 i want it to be more of a collective where it's i adore skateboarding who has inspired me who you know? Who else is adored? Can I do a pro model board with Schmitty? Yeah, I'm gonna give Schmitty not a pro board, but I'm gonna give Schmitty a skateboard because this is somebody exactly who I think is cool, and because I see them as an artist, whatever. Or I'm like, hey, could we do a Paul Zuwanich board? Whatever, something. I want these special things to me because because skateboarding is so special, and it's what I adore so much, and what a lot of us do. And, I could do um, collaborations with artists. Like the first board that just came out was with my friend Matt. Matt's mentally ill. He's bipolar, and but he's an amazing artist that loves skateboarding, you know. And he struggles with terrible mental health issues. And so I was like, dude, if I could do a skateboard that's going to celebrate an artist that's you know struggling with 
um, suicidal thoughts and depression and bipolar mental health issues. I'm like, to me, that's something that's cool because that might reach out to somebody else that goes, oh, there's a story into it. To me, it's about the stories and the journey and adventure compared to me. Like, mm. here's another skateboard brand. Here's another skate deck, blah, blah, blah. I want it to be something special. Like, this is a kid I've known for a long time and he's passionate about what he does, does and I adore him for that, blah, blah, blah. And so let's, let's work on something together. Let's collaborate. Mm. Because once again, I don't want it to ever be about just me if anyone's ever like oh that's some kind of cocky thing with a narcissist what he thinks he's adored it's the complete opposite of that because i'm like the farthest thing away from a narcissist i'm like i'm the most insecure motherfucker ever <laughs> like i'm going oh how do i look here Hi, oh my gosh uh-huh. <laughs> it's like i want to do it with just the people who inspire me you know which artists musicians photographers videographers whatever you do if it's somebody i have a connection with that those are the type of people I want to work with. So once again, adored. It just seemed like a, a bitchy name that that kind of goes with all that. And so many thousands of words could have just been. I like the name. It looks cool. Okay. Were you thinking about this when you were on Foundation, or after Foundation did this become your next journey? Like this was something I wanted to do while on foundation. I even pitched, I did two of them as well. I wanted to do something with them and they weren't interested in really doing anything with me. It seemed at all. And Kevin Rodriguez was like, you need to start up your own company. I mean, not even just him, lots and lots of people have been telling me that for a long time. Like, why do you write for a company that doesn't respect you? doesn't care about you when you could be doing something where your fans will actually want to, be able to, you know, get something from it. And it took, you know, three, it was three and a half years. I've been like planning on it and finally got the courage to go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get my toes wet. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to make that jump. Right. Cause it's scary. It's like, I, I put myself in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable position for a long time for a small paycheck compared to just taking a jump, make, taking that risk myself because I got comfortable and I've realized I didn't like that comfortable feeling. It was time to go, you know, let's get uncomfortable again. Let's, let's get weird. Like, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm staying flat. I don't yeah. like that. Or like, I'm not happy. I was in between a rock and a hard place constantly. Yeah. I was so annoyed of being told no so much and not being included on things. It's like, why, you know, why, um, accept that when, I could actually, you know, get out of that situation, you know, like I needed to just assess the problem and be like, what is my problem right now? It's actually, this is what's bringing me down constantly. How do I get over here and how can I fix that? Uh And so I said, okay, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, come up with a goal, short-term goals and long-term goals and find a way to reach what's going to make me happier. So what, what is the, um, first year plan like you're gonna do a couple releases of boards you get shirts you got stickers like or are you doing it on the fly or do you have an idea i have ideas but it's also on the fly because once again like we're talking about organization earlier Uh, if i have rachel nothing would be able to is she helping you a little bit on the side i mean she's so busy with her own thing it's just a thorn in her side right god damn it Corey! i really have to take care of you more but as we all know, there's always a, a better woman behind any man that does anything. Yeah. That's just a fact, you know, like, 
and he'd be like, knows Rachel knows that. Yeah, I got a very fucking cool wife that is definitely running the show. <laughs> you know, it's it's not just psh, it's like straight up. Yes, this is the goddess. This is my queen, queen and the king. She's the one that takes care of everything. Ah. I have ideas, but I have thousands of ideas. And I love coming up with ideas and creating things, but I need help, and I'm not scared to ask for the help. You're like, I need help. You know, how do I? go from point a to point b mm. and that's when i have to reach out to people I'm like how do, how does this happen how get, do i do get this? some tips from friends along the way but like in the beginning like the first one was you had what two different boards yes yeah, so and you just did a drop and they all were gone in one day 10 minutes everything sold out winner.com things are looking good yeah that was very cool and obviously so the the struggles with it is I finally decided to launch when COVID hit, you know, like I started working on it last year in last March or February when I was like, this is it. I'm finally going to make it happen. Fuck it. I've been thinking about it for too long. It's finally time just to, you know, say, okay, motherfucker, pull the trigger on it and do it. Um, and that was last March. And then I submitted some gra- the, the graphic my friend Matt did, which is the one from The Shining that he painted. And then all of a sudden... So I was like, yeah, I was told it'd take, you know, like eight to 10 weeks to get boards. It took, it took, um, yeah, over nine months to get boards. <laughs> so that was, uh, and then 10 minutes to sell. And then you're like, uh Oh, yeah. Now I'm like, <laughs> I don't have more boards. So uh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> uh-huh. But you can so, make shirts quick and, and, and soft goods. Right. And so I'm going to do some of that as well too. And, there's a lot of ideas I have and goals I'm trying to set with it where like, for instance, I would love to do a show with it as well too. Like what we're doing right now, like not saying, Oh, I am the podcast or anything, but it's always been a dream to have a show that talks music and skateboarding with friends or just have people over and we're just goofing off. Like, yeah. How many, um, you know, just going to the weight room, like, how much weight can, you know, Schmitty bench press, whatever. You're just having fun. At least you know? 10 pounds. <laughs> so to me, once again, yeah, the name no. adored, it's so much more than just, just the skateboarding part. It's just, it's a way of life. Right. Well, it's, well, I'm saying it's choice of the lost generation. Just people that are down. It's for the freaks and the losers. And people that are just interested in other things besides gnarly crooked grinds and Guinness Book of World Records, you know, frontside mm. flip. You better leave this shit in here. Don't be telling this is negative or not. This is life. If you love skateboarding and you love being a dork about it, that's like the crowd I'm into. I'm the crowd. Those are the people I care about because I am that people. You know, that's what I'm about. Sure. Just, and so there's a lot of different things I want to do with it, but I'm still just like all over the place. My head cut off because now I'm like, holy shit, everything's sold. People actually did care. It's- My gosh fucking well i think there's a few things obviously you know you're a stand-up dude and you've stood up for yourself in a lot of ways and like explained yourself and we're all kids we grow up we do this shit and here i am doing what i still love and the passion is undeniable i've fucking i'm the evil knievel of my generation i've had like 13 fucking surgeries how much more of myself can i give to this goddamn thing so people appreciate i mean uh tim mckenney he told me Dude, my friend's 51 years old and fucking Corey Duffel's his favorite skateboarder. 
is that is that real? And like, you know, like it's a yeah. real deal thing. So like there's that. But then like what you did was you took all these people that you had in your life and you've had some super legendary influential people, you know, throughout yeah. your life. You got Wade, you got Jehovah, you got Phil, you got uh, Ethan Fowler. I mean, the list goes it's deep. And these are yeah. like legendary people, like not just like a cool dude. It's like, no, it's like the coolest dude. You want to talk back lips, Ethan Fowler? Yeah, I know him. Check. All that. And then what you did was sick, dude. Like the graphic. I love the fucking frame. The one that you did the frame with you and the dog real subtle, but in the background, like, yeah. And you're paying homage to these things. And it's just like, Nah, dude, you just keep doing you and it's it's an it's a runaway train. You're gonna like you're gonna learn just like you did skateboarding, like, oh fuck, I'm gonna make mistakes, but I'm gonna learn from those mistakes. And like, you know, you got a, a good backing, people are stoked on you and Oh mama. And it's cool. It's just hard when you get told no for so long. It like it really fucks with your confidence at times. You're like, oh man, maybe I can't do this. And then you see like the for me to see the all the love come in on Friday when it released. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there are people that care. This is so cool. That's so rad. But I care so much about them and skateboarding. And as I've said, I would have no career in skating if it had not been for the fans. You know, like they're the ones that have allowed me to continue to do this for so long. Because if they weren't interested in watching my video parts or anything, it would be like, sayonara, bye bye. Yeah. But they continue to care and that just that stuff means the world to me and it makes me like i feed off it i mean we all feed off good energy and nobody wants negativity in their life and no everybody I, needs I, a pat on the shoulder yeah thank you nobody's <laughs> gonna be like oh no i don't need a compliment i don't need a little love like you know what i mean like, yeah and i it took a long time to accept that too and be like you know what hugs are nice it's good to be happy. Like for a couple of years, I thought I wanted to be Mr. Tough biker guy. And I was like, that's not who I was. I, I was trying to, you know, reinvent something, you know, growing up hanging, you know, I was late twenties, skateboarding didn't feel right anymore. Mm. And I was depressed on skateboarding, which was hard, you know, being hurt and then being told you're not good enough or, you know, paychecks get cut. And you're like, man, I wish somebody would just be honest to me and talk to me in a normal way or just, skateboarding in general is weird because nobody we're not set up to you know succeed or fail it's just you're an independent contractor and then once it's gone it's gone and nobody just lets you know like hey skating sucks we, we're going to use you for a couple of years and then if you get hurt goodbye you know or at least be honest about it you know that that would maybe be nice too like you know if you fuck up you cut or you're going to make you know six thousand dollars a year for maybe two years if that's what you want to do go for it but if it's not maybe he might not want to do it there's so much to it and then finally it hit that point where it's like i i'm a skateboarder i love skateboarding and i like being around other skateboarders so the ones i want to choose i want to be around and i want to smile and i want to laugh and that's why we do this to begin with like why do i want to be mr so I'm a tough guy. That wasn't me. And so it took a lot of, you know, walking backwards and going down the wrong roads to rediscover where I was. And that's kind of, once again, where this whole thing comes from. But like, you know, it's just fun. Um, it's a cool name. And 
Yeah, and you're, you you nailed it. it. It does look good on the shirt. Whoever made the font and stuff, it looks good. Like it's it. It's all me just doing it too. So huh. and once again, it was just I was hugging my pillow. I needed my comfort. Yeah, um, yeah. And I like it, the nice touch. You, you you might not have stole this from Jerobel, but he does the exact same thing where he gives it his touch. Like this yeah. is from me, so I'm gonna give. It's almost like sending somebody a letter. It's like I signed it. I put my little two cents on it and that means a lot kids love that shit it's like dude mine's different than yours like they're all individual and that's how i want the first hundred boards every one i signed differently and i drew a different drawing on every one of them every single one of them because that matters and once again that comes to from neil blender gons ed templeton Jehovah, the artist who i cared about a lot as a kid i skateboard but i'm an artist I love art and I love you. They are artists. Hi, I find, you found me. It's hard to find me because I'm so into art. They're not just skateboarders, they're actual artists to me. They're weirdos and they're independent people. Uh, I never wanted to be like anybody else and nobody should, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. That's taken, be yourself, you know? So it's like, and once again, like something like this, I always thought my little doodles were just like, which just things I draw on napkins or whatever. And I'm like, I would never put that on something. And then having that little bit of confidence when, when one of your friends does tell you something like, Hey, I like that. You should make a t-shirt. It's very easy to go. Oh, cool. Yeah. Whatever, man. Thank you. But then when you actually do do it, you're like, that might not have happened. Had that one person actually, you know, told you, you know, how they actually truly feel. And then when you get that, it really brings you up and it's gassing your friends. And that's what, once again, that's what we all have to do. Like it takes sometimes high five or that smile at somebody or when you see a home, um, somebody without a house on the street or a homeless person and you just ask them, how are you doing today? You know, people ask me like, why do you always talk to homeless people? I'm like, I don't know. Well, nobody, a lot of people don't. Maybe a smile just goes a long way for them. Maybe it makes them feel good that day. Yeah. I'm not, I know. I like it when somebody, you know, says hello to me as I'm doing my morning hike. I'm like, Hey, Hi, you too. Enjoy your day. Yeah, yeah. I love I love seeing the old ladies happy. Like it's like it gives you promise or hope. You're just like, she's killing it. I I got one of those yesterday. Yeah, as I'm walking with Lex and Rachel, you know, she must be you know about late seventies, and she goes, "I love your hair. That is fun." I'm <laughs> like, I know Rachel. Goes, she must be a mom. And Rachel goes, "She's probably just a cool lady." I was like. Only moms say cool stuff like that. <laughs> you must have had wild kids. She's cool. But yeah, it it made my day so much more happy. Like, that's so cool. Um, we're winding down. I want to ask you a few, maybe two or three questions I got here from some of the Instagram people. Curb underscore swinging. How, how many studded belts have you owned? I've had a lot of studded belts throughout the year. And actually... Last weekend, I gave Sherry Strawberry my um, original bondage belt and studded belt that I had from my time, like 14 years old, 13 or 14. I've had them this whole time. They didn't fit me anymore, obviously, but she has the my last two ones I kept throughout all these years. You- I would say over the years, there's had me at least a dozen. Yeah. Yeah, a dozen for sure. Are you purposely trying to purge? Yeah, I was trying to. Just I finally was like, you know what? I think it's I just if it makes somebody else happier than just sitting in my closet 
that makes me feel good too to be like yeah if somebody else gets something i go why do I, I don't need this anymore then it's hard because like like for instance like when my grandmother died going through her house and having to like you know like you see stuff just getting thrown away or just like what to do with it i was like man it's so sad just seeing like photographs and like things get just tossed and stuff that meant something to somebody so i was like you know maybe if somebody actually is asking me for this it means something to them compared to like i mean like when i was having like suicidal thoughts i'm like man what if when i fucking if i did this somebody gets stuck with all this crap i was like man that would be such a bummer for them <laughs> you know like that's how i feel constantly with these goddamn records i'm like uh records is the worst one it's like it's a double-edged sword you're like i love them but like they're hard as shit to move and they're gonna be tough to take from and we're yeah it's like we're talking about winding down my problem is i talk too much because studded belts and also turns to suicide and then oh my gosh (laughs) all right well let's do i like like them let's do another one this is char nar sunny far (laughs) <laughs> you got to give give them credit for the name. Yes. Uh, top five favorite punk slash hardcore bands. So I always break everyone's hearts with this one. Not everybody. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I break everybody's hearts. No, <laughs> I don't like hardcore music. I'm not a fan. Okay. Never have been. <laughs> like, it's just like I don't like a lot of American punk music, and it fucking really bothers people. There are, like, some that I really like quite a bit. But say. Number one, obviously Paul Weller doesn't say he's a punk and never has been, but The Jam is my favorite punk band of all time. Good morning, yeah. Smithers Jones. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that, but you know, so to me, The Jam is so punk rock because they were so much different than everybody else at the time. They kept moving forward. They were never stale. So The Jam is, to me, is number one always. The Birthday Party, I'm just gonna- even though it's more post-punky. We'll call it punk. I will definitely say Sex Pistols as well. (laughs) Why fucking not? Sex Pistols rule. Steve Jones' guitar is great. And then... But also because I will put Public Image Limited with them too, I'm gonna combine those two. Mm. Also say, I mean, this is just right off the top of my head. I have, I have different ones every day depending on what day you ask me. Probably, you know, mm. uh, <laughs> the Ramones, of course. Ramones would be that actually maybe be number one just because. And then it's another good one. I love the clash. I'm not gonna like, deny that. People must have something good to read on a Sunday. I like the classic ones, like the bands that you know influenced me a lot as a kid. The ones that were number one. And then I guess if we're gonna do something more obscure, this band called Satan's Rats. I like them a little, quite a bit. Turn into a band called the Photos. I don't know. This like you I could go on forever. Cool something out and be like, oh, the Scabs. Oh yeah, that's great English punk. You yeah. Know, like, like I'd, 
Oh, schoolgirl bitch. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I got three copies of those because I like it so much, you know? Like, and when I mean schoolgirl bitch, what then? <laughs> this is how punk rock it is. They got sued by another band called Bitch for having schoolgirl bitch in front of me. Like, a punk band sued another punk band in 77. Oh. Punk is dead. Fucking lame. You know, screaming memes. New Zealand punk. Great. This just like, it's never ending if like we really talk about it. It's like, so that's what I'm just saying. I like the basics, like the Dan, Clash, Sex Pistols, Ramones, the Jam. You can't go wrong with any of them. Sex game children. Maybe it's goth, but it's also punk. It's like, it's never ending. So right. the very cool name, I couldn't tell you which ones I like the best. That one, I like Scientist. In fact, there's two copies of it. Damn. All right. I'll send you my address. That one, like there's... And those are originals. Like, I like having original records. I love 45s. It's my new kind. Of, I, n- I never got into them. Like, I don't have that many. But now I'm like, well, it makes sense. You can get way more. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're just fun. Like, uh, and picture sleeves are so cool. And I love that a band couldn't maybe afford studio time to do a full LP. But they could get enough money together to go in and record two songs that they think is are badass. I like how they're short the to the point it's fucking sharp it's awesome it's just the signature sound of punk rock and all that stuff it's diy it's finest it's me singles are just they're amazing yeah and it keeps you in like you're you play one song then you got to put on another one like you're you're moving and shaking it keeps you keeps you on your toes i like that too because you actually sit down and you listen to it you have two and a half minutes to three minutes where you're like focused on it and you're like this is a great song and you have friends over and you're having cups of yeah you're enjoying tea with a friend and you're like let's fucking listen to music today yeah. let's listen to singles uh, and when you DJ they it's badass when you show up with a box of singles you're like yep here we go this isn't uh, the Jefferson Brothers with a uh, fucking iPhone and just hit play man I don't know how that's a DJ I got mad love for Tiva and his brother Akko mad love but I don't understand how this is a DJ <laughs> uh, I know you're a movie connoisseur what was the last movie you've seen the last one dude we watched some Nick, Mil- Nick Nolte movie last night I can't remember what it's called Fucking real piece of crap. Okay. Um, but I did watch one a couple days ago. My parents recommended me. My dad's like, watch this one. It's going to make you sick. And it was called I Care A Lot. Did you watch that one? I've seen it. Yes. You want to watch another one that'll fucking like it? This one had me like this. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the Sound of Metal. Okay. I don't know it. It's so fucking like. It's it's okay. It's a it, you'll love it. It's a drummer of a like a what? It's a drummer and his. I don't know if it's a girlfriend or fiance or whatever, but they're they're a couple and it's a, a two piece band and they're just yeah. like ah, super loud and he's the drummer and his ears yeah. he starts going deaf and it's the whole journey and it is there's parts where they did the movie so good where like you hear what he's hearing. And it mm-hmm. is so like you're just like make it stop. It's like, it's really yeah. it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Check that one out. I I I don't care or no, I care a lot. Yeah, that one was fucking. It's hard. I miss going to the cinemas. There are a couple of things I really miss. I like. I've 
I'm one of these people. I enjoy going out to cinemas. I like paying to go to the theater. I like paying for overpriced popcorn to keep these places alive because to me it is culture and celebrating the arts. And I was having lunch today, some takeaway Thai. And I was like, I really miss actually like a Chinese lunch special with a friend and going to a movie. Those are like little things in life. that Absolutely. Once again, that's what Adore it is. You know, like Chinese lunch special with your friend and going to the cinemas. It's just sharing good times, you know? I think I got a pho date tomorrow. We're going to try to do six six feet mask. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. We end with a song, so think about what song we're going to play um, you don't have to have it. You just need to announce it, and I'll yeah. I'll put it in. But yeah. uh, we got it. This this is a question that I got for you because it it, it weighs on me, and I think yeah. about it all the time. Jake Phelps, I worked with him. We know my relationship with him. He always said, "Skateboarding owes you nothing." Uh huh. How do you feel about that? I never got that quote to tell you the truth. I mean, I, but I didn't get Jake a lot of times either. Yeah. And I mean, for instance, I'm standing up for a second in my room. There's Jake right there, though. Oh. Yeah. So, actually, I like Jake, but <laughs> he, he's somebody I care a lot about and respect so fucking much. There's not many photos of, there's no photos of random people that I don't love in this room. This photo is right next to the photo of my mom. So it's like Damn. pretty important. And it's on a photo with Susie Sue, right next to Paul Weller and Pete Townsend, huh. right above a photo of Charlie Brown and Ethan Fowler. So there's obviously the guy means something to me. Yeah. I don't know. We've been talking a lot about just trying to figure out like whether it be a nonprofit or something that like helps these people that need help after they've brought so many people so much joy and so much rat like so much influence it's immeasurable like you know like i mean tony hawk there's one there's one tony hawk you know it's like not everybody gets to like have six houses and be on tv and have video games and all that stuff and yeah and i'm not saying that everyone needs to be millionaires but like people don't need to be in so much pain and it's I was having a conversation about it with Rachel this morning where I was on a suicide prevention um, conference for the Ben Ramers Foundation mm. last week. And we were talking about you know, suicide and uh, some other stuff. And, you know, I was talking to Ben Ramers, you know, before he killed himself. And we were both talking about how we struggle as professional skateboarders, knowing that we're going to get dropped from our sponsors or that we get these pay cuts right now. And you don't know what you what you're going to do because as soon as it's done, the fucking high, you just left high and dry, you know, it's gone. Right. A lot of people are like working on the education from the time they're young. They're trying to figure out a job. It's so easy for someone on like the slap message board to be like, grow up, get a life. They don't understand. You spend fucking 20 years doing this. This is your life. This is everything you know. Mm-hmm. And then when the people you think that actually are your friends abandon you. Don't tell me, Oh, get a job or go do this. You don't know how it actually really truly feels because you truly, when you love it and you are sponsored and you've been sponsored since you're 12 years old, you've given your entire life to it. You actually don't know life outside of this. And 
So it's a very complicated thing to be like, oh, it's easy. Oh, tomorrow's going to get better. You're like, hold on. My body hurts. It hurt hurts sometimes. And then you're like, mentally, I, I feel like I'm a fucking second grader at other times. You know, like you. Absolutely. I involved. mean, how many kids dropped out of high school or school in general just so they could pursue this to the degree that they did? So when they get to, if they're lucky, 40 years old or in their 30s where they're like kind of on the tail end of their career without any education and stuff and now it's time to start it's like it's, that's i mean it's hard it's discouraging it's like when you go back to school when you are a kid and the kid next to you took summer school and she's really good or he's really good at math and you suck at algebra because you would never done it before but they had a tutor all summer it makes you feel like you're fucking slightly very stupid and you're like are you actually stupid or do they just have a head start towards things you know and it's like life. It's how like racism is too. You know, if you can't acknowledge that you've had a head start on something, you're completely blind to what's going on, and that's just terrible, terrible way, terrible way to live. You know, it's people don't have compassion for a lot of things, and I think it would be fucking fantastic. As Rachel and I were talking this morning, to see something actually happen where. Whether it's, yeah, the industry talks to, you know, the writers like saying, hey, you're completely useless to us. Just be honest and blunt about it. Or they'd be like, how can we set something up for people to do something after? Or especially when you have these corporate companies coming in now, like I see, you know, these big fashion brand advertisements and I see these big shoe companies doing things. And I get reached out to talk about suicide prevention, yet I'm begging. I was begging trying to get on, you know, a shoe deal with somebody. I can't get anything, of course, but then yet you want me to talk about suicide prevention and depression and you're like yeah. um you're wondering where the depression comes from. Sometimes it's these big contracts because I'm told I can't get on a team because I don't fit the image you want, but yet then I have these fans telling me why 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 aren't you on the team but this guy's on the team or whatever and then yeah you get cut and you're like and you feel like you just useless of course there's going to be some issues out there it's so i i disagree with that whole statement skip me owes you nothing i feel like it's manipulation it's actually always been these like weird brainwashing tactics that the industry's put on to the writers to make you feel even more like you're useless mm -hmm. when reality you're not useless. It's the same as a baseball player. Mm. If Barry Bonds showed up to the stadium and if the team booed him, he'd be like, you guys are fucking dicks. Whether he did void it out or not and he did do some kooky things, you're like, that's Barry Bonds. That guy should always have a place in that dugout for the things he did for the team. You know, it's a, it's a tough one where it's like I mentioned with pro skateboarding. I don't know the difference between like who should be pro and sh who shouldn't be because if you're inspiring somebody – it's cool and skateboarding is not a sport whatsoever. So is it, what's a pro skateboarding even mean? <laughs> you know, and then yeah. it's like, what's it owe you? I don't know what it owes you, but owes any of us. But I think when you've worked for a company for over 20 years, you should at least get an Instagram post saying goodbye. <laughs> you know, thank you. Hasta la vista, baby. Something, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just like anybody that works at the magazine. The magazine could not be what it is without the people who are the backbone behind it. And that's how all skateboarding is. And there should always be some kind of like, if we see the pros who we care about, you know, 
panhandling on the street, you know, it's sad. Like, how do we take care of this person? Yeah. Like, that person should not be in that situation. As humans, how do we even allow that to happen? You know, or like, it's it's sad. As all. I mean, it's, but I'm an emotional person. I hate seeing people I care about, you know, hurting and struggling. You know, for instance, and this is completely off topic, but I saw Lenny Kirk last week at the skateboard park. No way. I was like, oh, shit, there is Lenny Kirk. Me, that's somebody, as we're speaking about this, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he's done some modern things, maybe, but Lenny Kirk did so much for skateboarding back then, and I'm still inspired by his skating. For like, I would like to see somebody like that still somehow be affiliated with it if they chose to, if they wanted it. Right. You know, or any of these people that I feel like, hey, can't, do we need to take care of these guys, or is it just a handout? I don't know. It's, but some people I do feel like especially some of the damaged dudes or if it's mental health issues. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Hoslam's doing that stuff, right? Too. Uh, yeah. The suicide prevention stuff, the Ben Ramers foundation. I talked to him about that. Where'd you see Lenny at? What park? Novato skate park. No way. Yeah. Also, I'm like, I'm like, that dude looks so familiar. And he's hanging out in his big poofy, you know, white Adidas. And I'm like, fucking hell that's lenny kirk and i was like i was like hi lenny my name's Corey. he goes i met you 20 he goes i remember i met you 20 years ago no way and i was like oh dude lenny kirk sick you know like, i was excited but just so once again how you said you know the emotion or like the the stoke that skateboarders bring people someone on the slap side could say these guys fucking jokers they can talk all the shit they want me seeing lenny kirk in the wild that got me fucking hyped. Right. That made my day to be like, I started singing the time code song instantly. And I started thinking about switchback when he nose grind on Hubba and all no switching the time and everything yeah. out. And I'm like the fucking cornrows and Jesus saves and everything. And I'm like, it made me happy. Sick. And that one person for one second out of the corner of my eye, sitting on a ledge, filming his friend do a front side flip over an orange cone, you know, and that's, that's what skateboarding is. And that's what to me with this motherfucking thing is because it gets you stoked. And if you don't feel that, you probably weren't a skateboarder then. Like if you don't get that like smile and that that blood flowing and those butterflies because Yeah. Fuck man. Skateboarding is deep. It makes you feel a way that most things not won't ever make you feel that way. Anything else that way besides, you know, when I got married to Rachel, you know, standing on the altar in the rain, looking at my wife to be, I mean, there's, I'm doing that in August. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're planning for it. So while it's, uh, I'm wondering about the butterfly effect, how it's all going to unveil, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Who's, who's the dudes out there right now that like, if you see junk drawer and they have a part or they're in it, like you're definitely tuning in. Who are you hyped on watching skate? Let me think. I'll I'll, I'll give watch. you one clue. His first name's Elijah. His last name's Burl. <laughs> I I love Elijah Burl. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I'm always a fan of Elijah. That he's been my Sodi pick. I don't know the last five years in a row. Same. Uh, I thought Ducky in the new pizza video was cool. Yep. I like Ducky. I like that his pants. I like he was wearing like baggy trousers now. Huh? That was fun. <laughs> um, that whole video was good. But I like 
there's a lot of people I like out there. Really? And it's once again, it's like music. I have thousands of things in front of me. You ask me, I can't tell you one, but if you give me a name, if it's somebody I like, voila! I get excited. I want to talk about it, but I love so much of it. I can't even think about it because. But I'm trying to think. Like, I watch every video that comes out on, you know, whether it's Thrasher, The Barracks, YouTube. If it's skateboarding, I watch it. Yeah, skateboarding, um, skateboarding. Navarrete told me that a long time ago. He's like, "Yeah, there's different magazines, but there's only one skateboarding." Yeah, <laughs> I always liked that one. I was like, "God damn it, you're right." He's like, yeah. "Why would I not look at that magazine? It's skateboarding, right?" And I was like, "You're right." you know what i wish is that junk drawer had the vert button for the junk drawer and then you could skim through and be like i watch old stuff a lot of times but then like the jack o'grady part coming out tomorrow or friday i'm stoked to see that because he's one of the handrail skateboarders who i actually like watching right now like it's weird because me being a guy that loved hand handrails and jumping on bars and doing axle grinds and all that. Yeah. I fucking hate handrails now. I'm so bored of them because it's turned into like rollerblade looking shit. Ugh. Oh, it's squatty. It's not fun. It's not fast. It's I not don't game. like slow jump up on it and then grind down. Like, don't like you have to, you have yeah. to go with the motion. If you go up and then down, like, eh. see, that's exactly. And you know, here I am. I'm a, Mr. Caveman, primitive thinking, skateboarding, um, kook, because to me, it's not a grind if you're not grinding. If you're yeah. waxing shit, you ain't grinding. <laughs> like, a grind makes noise. Yeah. It's, you're going down. You use momentum you skateboard. If you're not going with momentum and falling forward or flying forward, I don't like balance acts. That's just me personally. I think it's lame and goofy and looks have you ever seen that like when someone does a wheelie and they move their foot all over it like they're putting a cigarette out have you ever seen that look good uh, no but when you see a manual like back when 80 out in one motion yes you, that looks good you remember the zero video jamie thomas yes. there was a reason <laughs> he wanted to do it proper <laughs> yes. like so jack o'grady he's one of the these new chompers i like because he's dangerous on the board. I, anytime skating looks dangerous and fun, that's the shit that turns me on. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> Hell holy yeah. Wild. Well, sick. What about you? I mean, I, I, because just like you, I probably met Elijah around the same time you met him. He used to hit me up to come skate double rock in the weirdest times. And uh, mm-hmm. so I've watched him grow and I just big fan. I like anybody that's an ATV, Rainy Barras, like these dudes that can skate street Raven. I'm waiting for you to just hang up the motorcycle for a week and just go full out blitz on us because I think he could be the best in the biz. Like if he already isn't, but those are the dudes I like. I like the dude that you could take to the park and he'll skate anything at the park and he can fuck it all up, but he's fine in the streets in the van, like going spot to spot too. Like, you know what I mean? Um, These guys that can just, do one dimensional. I appreciate them, but there's so much more, you know, like you've never yeah. dropped in on vert. You probably should drop in on vert, you know, like it's like the vert guy that can't ollie a curb. That doesn't make sense either. So oh. let's get those guys to keep doing their own thing and then get the skaters to skate everything. Yeah. I love the people that skip. I mean, Wade, 
is my favorite for that reason. And when it's like, hey, Wade, do you pres- do you like to skate ramps or street? He goes, I skate it all. I'm a skateboarder. And that's what Wade used to tell me. He's like, I'm a skateboarder. Exactly. Was- well, that's who we grew up with. So it's like, you know, Drahobel, Phil, Wade, like they were the best. You're just like, what? Any demo, yeah. any obstacle, they're going to blow it out. So that's what Absolutely. you want. You don't want the yeah, guy crying in the van that there's no fucking... Where where's the Euro gap? I can only ski Euro gas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm not the greatest at transition, but people would be surprised when and I yeah. gotta drop in, I gotta have fun at a, a place. Absolutely. But again, why would you ever wanna, you know, stop yourself and tell yourself, Oh, I don't skate this way? Right. What? <laughs> you don't skate that way? <laughs> like you only do you only do switchback tails? Okay. You know, like Skipping is so fun. There's a lot to do with it. And now, like, when people go, I like your old stuff so much better. I'm like, well, yeah, I did that stuff before, but I'm enjoying, like, trying this stuff now because, once again, skateboarding is, like, so many doors are open on it. There's so many different, you know, ways to do it. Yeah. So, like, why would you ever, you know, put yourself into one little spot and be like, this is all I do? No way. Have fun. Go fast. Just like that. I mean, but... Once again, my caveman thinking, go fast. If you're not going fast, eh, Mickey Ray's, I remember Mickey Ray said, if you're not pushing to the spot, you're not skating. Like, you need to push at it. You got to go fast. I was like, really? Yeah. And once again, when you mentioned someone like Raven Touche, to me, the the guys who you just mentioned, those type of skateboarders, I also like Fabiano Delfino a lot. Actually, like her brother than Pedro. She's killing it. Because she goes fast, and instead of like, it doesn't seem like she's so concerned with being like, oh, I'm going to do a no- nose manual, nose wheelie, and all the flip out. She's like, I'm going to go fast. I'm going to power slide. Ah. It's rock style. And I'm like, that's cool. It's yeah. And her and, and Brianna, wow. like, when you see clips of them, like, they just seem like they're having the blast and they get it. Yeah. Like, you can just see in certain people, like, why they're doing it. And you're like, you're doing it for the right reasons. And I like that, you know, maybe 10 years ago when I was like 15 years ago, whatever, when I was more in my prime, I might not have understood it as much because I was so kind of brainwashed into the way skateboarding was like, it's about progression, bro. If you're not pushing it harder and harder, you don't deserve to skateboard. Mm-hmm. And I am more stoked on female skateboarding. Or just I don't know why we call it female skateboarding, but genderless skateboarding or whatever, or just people ripping again because i feel like i was deprived of it for so many years by being in the professional industry of it of being like this is the way it's got to be done and that was like such a backwards way of thinking where i'm like these people are they're having a good time i want to join in on that how do i get in on there and yet because before like when you did a wall ride or if i was to be like hey i want to film a wall ride today i'd have to like use like weird tactics like I got this like strange kind of line I want to film today. It's got like a wall right in it. Jump. It's kind of going to be kind of goofy. I couldn't just be like, yo, I want to do this because it, you got clowned on for like a certain way. And now like to be like, it's all cool. It's like, yes, (laughs) this is nice. I just don't want it to look trendy though. That's the problem. Cause then you're like, am I now just looking like I'm trendy because I have like some baggy trousers on and all right too fuck (laughs) right you can never win and then yeah no somebody's gonna always talk shit whether if you're having fun that's what's good I guess if you're having a good time 
someone's always going to be jealous and upset with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, damn, we've been talking for a while. I know. Hey, I got to say, though, Fountain of Youth, since you asked me, Fountain of Youth Instagram award goes to Kevin Spanky Long. That dude is killing it on Instagram. Like, I'm like, what happened? Like, he's always been good, but like, holy shit, he really like came back with authority after he took a little hiatus. And now he, he, I love the way he skates. Spanky, (laughs) you know that. (laughs) I'm jealous of Spanky. He took my place on America. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I was jealous because he got on before and I didn't get on. I was like, who the fuck is this spanky kid, man? I'm just kidding. Right. I love Evan Long. Yeah, seeing what he's doing right now, it's cool. And once again, because he's an individual, he's found his place and he's doing it the way he wants to compared to me. Like, I have to front flip 20 stairs. And if he does that, if he wants to, we're going to love to see it. But if he wants to do a switch wall ride and a K grind and a tail slide kickflip and go fly out into outer space after... That's him, and that's why we love it. Once again, so that's why it's special. (laughs) You heard it here. We've said it all. We've talked probably longer than you wanted to listen in one sitting. But the good news is you can always rewind and start where you left off. And TalkingSchmidt.com has photos, video links, everything you need to know if you want more of Corey Duffel including his new company, Adored Skateboarding. Is it adoredskateboarding.com? Is that the website? You got it. (laughs) Fucking first try, and it's not even a Friday. Just use the vert button, fast forward this whole thing, just to adoredskateboarding.com. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time out. Good reconnecting. Once the COVID's officially over or I get vaccinated or I don't know what, I'm coming out there. We're going to fucking go get some. Uh, I like that Thai spot you took me to. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm down for some Thai food too. Yeah. And uh, what what are we going to spin on the spinner to take us out? What song are we going with? Okay, so to end, we're going to go with a band called East River Pipe. And the song is called Helmet on... Helmet on by East River Pipe on Sarah Records. It's a good one. Boom, boom, boom. That's right, kids. Talkingschmidt.com. And when you've bought all of my merchandise, go over to adoredskateboard.com and buy all his. See you next week. We out. Peace.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.